Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the latest edition of In The Mix Zone with JPW. I'm your host, Joe Prince, right? the lead runner editor of NBC Sports' Pro Soccer Talk. And my goodness, we've got a packed show for you today. First up, I'm going to be sharing the audio I got from the Mix Zone after Wolves beat Tottenham Hotspur 3-2 in an absolute thriller. More misery from Mourinho, a lot of talking points around Tottenham at the moment. We'll touch on a lot of those. And we'll also focus on Liverpool's first Premier League defeat of the season away at Watford, a kind of a worrying trend for Liverpool in recent weeks. And we'll also talk about that wild Everton-Man United game as well. So plenty to come up in the latest episode of In The Mix Zone with JPW. Thanks for joining us. And in case anybody's joining us for the first time, just to explain, In The Mix Zone is all about the access we get behind the scenes, deep beneath Premier League stadiums after the game, where we're speaking to the managers and the players. Uh, you'll see it popping up around various media outlets throughout the week after a game. Uh, but I'm speaking to players over in England, after the game, within 30 minutes of full-time whistle, uh, and of course, a lot of emotions still running high. So um, some really great access there. Uh, and if you've been listening to this podcast, hope you've been enjoying it. We'll have plenty more to come in the upcoming weeks. So let's get straight into the first game. That's, of course, Tottenham's loss at home against Wolverhampton Wanderers. So I was at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to watch Tottenham lose 3-2 at home to Wolves. They were leading 2-1 in the second half, but then Mourinho's men imploded like they have in recent weeks and plenty of times defensively looked so poor they left for Tongan out of at the starting lineup Eric Dyer started at center back uh, more from him shortly I spoke to him afterwards he was very open and honest and of course Eric Dyer what a week he's had after the FA Cup game against Norwich Tottenham lost again on penalty kicks at home another poor moment for Mourinho in his first season in charge at Tottenham and Dyer confronted some fans in the stand ran up uh, his brother and family were apparently involved in some altercations there uh, so really sobering scenes around Tottenham at the moment and things are unraveling very quickly for Mourinho as he tries to steady the ship and tries to keep them in this top four battle. Of course, they're still in the Champions League, but they go away to Leipzig, uh, losing 1-0 from the first leg at home. It's not a great start to life at Spurs for Mourinho. And here's what he had to say after a terrible defensive performance from his side as they lost 3-2 at home to top four rivals, Wolverhampton Wanderers. I think it was a great game. And I think my team didn't deserve to lose at all. Um... It's difficult. It's difficult to. It's difficult to find a reason to lose the game, apart of um, a couple of individual mistakes, um, also in relation to uh, some qualities of their players, uh, individual players. But it's really, really hard to to understand why we lost the game uh, because um, uh, tactically the team was good. Um, they were in control. In the beginning of the game, we surprised. They were really uh, in trouble. I would, I would, I would say. So it's difficult. It's difficult to play. They gave, uh, they gave everything. And of course, in the last period of the game, uh, with 10-15 minutes to go and them winning, they know what we cannot do. Um, and then they, they just uh, 
compact with everybody in the box, and and that is obviously the most difficult thing for us in this uh, in this moment. But um, I think a good performance and an unfair result. So there you have it, a very sort of confused defensive Jose Mourinho there about why his team lost at home against Wolverhampton Wanderers. And I have to say, being inside the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, a lot of moans and groans from their fans. Uh, they were sort of ironically clapping and cheering Mourinho when he finally brought on teenage striker Troy Parrott in the 90th minute. Uh, and many thought he should have brought him on a lot sooner because this Tottenham display was really lacking creativity. Uh, a lot of the attacking unit just didn't seem to be joined up. And yes, Mourinho's only been in charge for a few months, but uh, he has lost Kane, has lost Son through injury. That's unfortunate. But he still has a lot of really good attacking players there. And it seems the system and how they're being asked to play just isn't suiting this Tottenham team at all. And uh, Mourinho, after the game, he praised Eric Dyer. He moved him back to centre-back, not somewhere that he'd been playing for a while. And I spoke to Eric Dyer afterwards. He was very open, very honest. and known him for quite a while now and uh, worked on several projects with him, be it live videos, uh, hanging out for written pieces, chatting about his love for the NFL. He's a really nice guy. And this is his reaction to being back at centre-back. Really interesting there because for the first time pretty much ever, he said that he wants to be a centre-back and he doesn't want to play in midfield anymore. So here's more from Eric Dyer. And of course, we'll speak about his uh, reaction after the Norwich game very shortly. But here he is speaking after the game against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, Jose was just speaking very glowingly about your performance and was very happy with how you played. I mean, what's that like to get that kind of confidence being back at centre-back from him? No, it's, it's um, obviously very nice from him. You know, that's uh, it, it's the yeah, it's the position where I, I, I see myself playing. It's where I, I see my future, and um, um, yeah, I was, I was happy to be able to play today. And obviously, um, yeah, very nice of the managers spoken that way about me. But obviously, the most important thing is it's, it's a team to win games, and, and we haven't done that. Obviously, obviously, you're happy to play. In both positions, Eric, but have you told Jose that you prefer to play at centre-half? Because I don't think we've heard you say that before. No, I've, I think I've always been... I think I've always been very, very uh, politically correct on the subject. Right. Um, because of many different reasons, but I've come to it. It's, it's been something that's... Um, been something that isn't new for me uh, even under the old manager the old manager knew where I stood for, for a long time under it and uh, yeah for me a, a centre back is where I, where I see my future where I see think that I'm I can be a, be the, the best the best I can be um, and I think yeah with, with Pochettino I'd started to play there this season in two games before he left and and um, yeah I'm happy I managed to get a chance today under Mourinho. Those are the thoughts of Eric Dyer there as we spoke to him uh, in the mix zone, deep beneath Tottenham Hotspur's wonderful new stadium after their defeat against Wolverhampton Wanderers. And Dyer, as I said, he's been in the news this week, hasn't he? He went into the stands uh, after the game, a lot of video out there on social media of it after they lost against Norwich City, quite shockingly, in a penalty uh, shootout. And Dyer, he's one of those players that wears his heart on his sleeves. He's very passionate during games. He'll roll his sleeves up and do the dirty work for the team. And all I can say, obviously, you can't really condone the kind of behavior of him uh, running into the crowd. But after speaking to him and getting to know him over the years, he really is one of the nicest guys in the game. Uh, always got time for the media and to explain things, even after disappointing defeats like the one against Wolves. So Mourinho's come out and said that obviously he cannot be doing those kind of things, but he understands it when family's involved. And it kind of just sums up a bit of the toxic atmosphere at Tottenham. And let's not forget, they were in the Champions League final last year. They lost narrowly to Liverpool in the final. 
within the space of six to eight months, Pochettino's gone, a lot of injuries, Mourinho's in, the project from Daniel Levy seems to be completely abandoned from uh, bringing through young players and signing a certain type of player. And at the moment, Tottenham are at a real crossroads because uh, where do they go from here if they do not qualify for the Champions League next season? Do the likes of Kane, Deli Alley, several others, do they move on as well? So a lot of uncertainty around Tottenham. I think Eric Dyer's actions really summed up uh, the mood at Spurs right now. Talking about the mood at Spurs is a very different one at Wolves after that big win. Raul Jimenez, Mexico star striker, scored a splendid goal late on to win 3-2. And Wolves were good value for that victory, especially in the second half once they figured out Tottenham's 3-4-3 formation. Uh, Obviously, Jota was great. Doherty down the flank was brilliant. Jimenez uh, gives him a focal point, Traore. Everything looks so fluid and so smooth with this Wolves team. Nuno Espirito Santo has them into a well-oiled machine. And they now jumped above Tottenham in the standings. They've got a game against Brighton coming up this weekend. And you have to say, when you look at their schedule remaining, Wolves have to be the favourites here to challenge Chelsea to finish fourth in the Premier League and qualify for the Champions League. And that would be an incredible achievement this season, especially with their small squad going to the last 16 of the Europa League as things stand and just really getting better as the season goes on. So here is Wolves captain Connor Cody reflecting on what lies ahead for them and how great of a season they've had so far. Keep what about these second half comebacks that keep coming on? I mean, we've had quite a few this season now. What was it about finishing so strongly in games? Lots of mentality? Yeah, well, to be fair, we've always had that mentality, but I think people look at the second half, but first half, we actually done okay. We, 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 we played some good stuff. We had a few chances. We moved it from side to side. We needed to move a bit quicker, like the manager said at half time, and we needed to make sure we stayed in the game that starts the second half. I think that was the most important thing because a team like Tottenham can hurt you. So we've done that, and like I said before, we, we've got players at the top and in the pitch who can hurt teams. And do you feel like you have the momentum now out of all the teams in the chasing pack? In the, in the Champions League right? Yeah, we, we don't really look at what they're doing week in, week out. We really don't. It's it's important to make sure we're focusing on ourselves, make sure we're focusing on improvements every single week and we look forward to Brighton now. It's not about momentum and things like that. It's about how we approach games and we'll approach it right this week now. Thank you, mate. No there you go. Those were the thoughts of Wolves captain Connor Cody as I caught up with him after their big win away at Tottenham Hotspur. As we said, Wolves have Brighton coming up. You can watch that uh, from 7am Eastern time this weekend across NBCSN. And of course, uh, Wolves are really pushing hard here in the final bit of the season. One of the big reasons why is because Real Jimenez, the star striker, is in great form again. Uh, he has been absolutely sensational this season. Already matched the 13 Premier League goals he scored in his debut season last year across 38 games. And he's still got 10 games to go. So after the game, uh, I saw him in and around the mix zone. He had to go uh, and catch a flight. He was going with uh, a few of the other Wolves players to have a well-earned break as they had a rare a full week off, uh, which is very rare for them given their exploits in the Europa League midweek, Thursday, Sunday grind. So a lot of the Wolves players were leaving from London on flights, going elsewhere to have a bit, little bit of downtime. And that was certainly well-deserved for Jimenez and Co. So said hello to him. Uh, as always, a very nice guy in and around the mix zone. And I spoke to a lot of players about him. Uh, and this is what Matt Doherty, uh, who was really good as well and scored an assist. And again, he's at a really good end to the season. This is what Wolves' Matt Doherty had to say about Jimenez and his strike partner, Diogo Jota. They're very good. I mean, the last goal there just kind of typified what they, what they can do. Um, ball gets cleared and, and it's 2v, I don't know how many it was. And they made it look easy, really, in the end. Um, the way Raul go back and he stuck it in the top corner. So, like, look, we've got we've got a really good team with some top-class players um, at a great age so now, who are only going to get better. Um, so, look, the, the, the future is bright for, for the team and for the club at the end. 
and also spoke to Wolves' captain Connor Cody about Jimenez, praised him, called him sensational and said they want to keep hold of him for as long as possible. And why wouldn't they? A lot of clubs in Europe said to be interested in Jimenez, but Cody loves him. And I spoke to Eric Dyer as well about coming up against Jimenez and he called him one of the best strikers in the Premier League right now. And he certainly had a tough afternoon as Mexico's main man becomes a legend at Wolves each and every week. It's growing and what a season he's having at Molyneux. In terms of <clears throat> what's the improvement been this season? Because he's already hit the same tally of goals in the Premier League as he did the whole of last season. Uh, he improves his all-round game. I think you'd have to ask him in terms of what he does, but he's a fantastic footballer to have at this club. He's a huge asset for the football club. We want to keep him here for, for many, many years. So I just think his all-round game, he's such a good professional. He wants to work hard every single day. He works on his game every single day to improve. And it's his all-round game that he's improved. He's a sensational footballer. He really is. So to have him at this club is brilliant. And hopefully we can keep him for many years. And uh, can I ask you about playing against Real Jimenez? Obviously, he seems like a tough time for most defenders. How do you find that battle? Because you two had a really good battle. Yeah, I think he's. Um, I think he's a, a, a very, very good, very, very good striker. I think um, for me. Before this game, when, you know, as we when we speak between each other as players, uh, for me he's one of one of the best strikers in the Premier League. Um, he does everything very well, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know that, that's that's what you want in the Premier League. You want the best players, and he's definitely one of the best strikers. That's just an all-round all-round striker, and uh, I can see how valuable he is to them. Okay, that wonderful swooshing sound you hear means we are switching between Wolves and Tottenham Hotspur to talk about our next game. That is, of course, Watford's incredible 3-0 win against Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool's unbeaten season come to an end. Their first defeat of 44 games in the Premier League. That's when their unbeaten record ended. Arsenal, they simply sent out a tweet saying few, which pretty much broke the internet as their 49-game unbeaten record in the Premier League survived. Uh, Liverpool also matched Man City's 18 consecutive wins in the Premier League season, which was a Premier League record, so they came up just short of setting a new record there. And Watford, though, they did deserve this win. Second half, they really turned on the star. Uh, Dini, Ismaili Saar, other attacking players, Decore in midfield, uh, really took the game to Liverpool. They were sloppy, and it's following a trend of Jurgen Klopp's side of losing away from home. They've now lost uh, away at Chelsea in the FA Cup, another disappointing display. Lost away at Atletico Madrid, again, lacklustre in a lot of areas. And against Watford, they were second best. And you have to worry now, are they just taking their foot off the pedal a little bit too much? Yes, they're still going to win the Premier League. They're still going to have their first league title in 30 years at Anfield. Uh, but there's a few cracks there starting to appear, especially defensively with uh, Dejan Lovren. A lot of people are blaming him. Jurgen Klopp come out, staunchly defended him after that defeat at Watford. Uh, and here's what Klopp had to say as he's been uh, really defending his team in recent weeks uh, after these poor away displays. Well, it's a bot for huh? So they did exactly what they wanted to do. We did not exactly what we wanted to do. So that's uh, how football works then. Um, first half was a... How can I say? A tough one. A lot of second balls. A lot of running here and there. We had the ball a lot, but we didn't come in the right positions to cross. We didn't come in the right position to finish. We when we crossed good balls and we had another position in the box when the crosses were not that good and the boys were in the right position. So um, that's that's how it happened. And then we wanted we had to change a little bit on some things, and we did in halftime. And I really thought the start of the second half looked like it should have looked from the beginning. Um, against a really good organized side, really top, um, top um, 
set up for, for this game. And um, But then we started really well, but then we conceded the first goal after a throw-in, um, which is a strength of all for these kind of bouncing balls. It's not a long throw-in like maybe in the good old times, but if you if Dini use his body, then the ball will bounce somehow in the, in the, in the six-yard box and they were quicker than us. Second goal, lost the ball probably, and then directly one nice pass. Saar uses speed, and third goal, a little bit of slapstick, then um, that we give them the ball, but a nice finish, of course, as well from Troy. Then, um, so that's what you have to accept. It's not so easy, but um, it's the truth. Uh, we were not good enough to it. There you go, Klopp admitting that Liverpool just weren't good enough. But he's been talking a lot in the press this week. He's been asked a lot of questions about the hunger, the desire. Has he seen his players taking their eye off the ball? He said absolutely not. He said he'd be an idiot to uh, question their character after this incredible unbeaten run that they've gone on. Uh, but as I said, uh, with some games coming up against Everton, Man City, there could be a couple more defeats coming up here for Liverpool. They missed Joe Gomez uh, in these recent games. Virgil van Dijk, who never looks uh, uncomposed and shaky, has done. Uh, and it's just a few things starting to come up. Even in, in recent wins against the likes of West Ham, uh, they weren't at the best, were they? They keep getting the job done. Uh, and maybe, just maybe, the strain and the pressure of being on top all season long uh, is just starting to wear thin on some of these Liverpool players. But what an incredible season they've had. Take nothing away from Watford, though. That was a massive win for them in the relegation battle. And it really did sum up uh, a, a weekend of shocks in the Premier League, wasn't it, over the last week with Norwich beating Leicester, uh, West Ham battering Southampton, who were in good form before that. And then, of course, this big win for Watford. And at the bottom now, teams like Bournemouth, Brighton, uh, Aston Villa, uh, they are really struggling in terms of the relegation battle and that's going to be very interesting to watch for the final months of the season. So uh, talking about Watford in the relegation battle, here was our manager Nigel Pearson and his reaction on being the first team in the Premier League this season quite remarkably to beat Liverpool. For, I mean look, it, it, it's such an important win for us. Um, but it is one win. <laughs> we, we are, um, our season's been tough so far. Uh, with losing last week and not playing particularly well, you know, we were keen to get a response in terms of performance. And when you play Liverpool, I mean, they are such an outstanding side. For us today, it was it, we had to get our performance right. We had to be 100% was close to um, max as possible and we were able to do that and I thought we thoroughly deserved the win it wasn't I don't think it was lucky at all it was a it was a um, a, a hard fought win we we I thought we threatened when we had the ball and when we defended we defended with a lot of discipline energy and commitment and for us to retain our Premier League status we'll have to do that every time we play and that's that's really the message and has been the message from day one um, it's in our own hands and we need to make sure that um, if that's the type of performance we can deliver we've got to deliver it week in week out Next up for Watford, they travel to Crystal Palace and have a big game as they aim to push themselves further away from that dreaded bottom three. Uh, and for Liverpool next up, they have Bournemouth at home. Again, you can watch that from 7 a.m. Eastern time on NBCSN this weekend. And now it's all about just regaining momentum, not panicking, uh, remaining focused because, as we said, 
They are going to win the Premier League. It's inevitable. They're so far ahead of everyone else. Uh, but that certainly doesn't mean that the likes of Virgil van Dijk and others uh, are taking their foot off the gas at the moment. And the final word on Liverpool's shocking 3-0 defeat at Watford will go to their star centre-back Virgil van Dijk. And here was his thoughts on them walking towards the Premier League title and putting these kind of performances behind them. Well, I think the, the records and all the talks about the records is, is not from our side. You know, there's all media... It's all people around the club. We're just trying to win every game ahead of us. Uh, today we unfortunately lost uh, on a way that we obviously we don't want. And we have to look at. But yeah, we'll focus on the on the next game, and that's the cup game. And then uh, we try to win there as well because that's going to be very tough. Uh, but yeah, we have to take this as a as a man. Uh, stay humble and and, and work hard. Okay, in the final section of In the Mix Zone this week, we're going to talk about Everton's 1-1 draw at home against Manchester United. <laughs> this game was dramatic, wasn't it? From start to finish and from the very start, United uh, coughed up an early goal. David De Gea with a horrendous mistake. Most of the headlines around this game were around that. Bad mistake to let Dominic Calvert-Lewin score, but then Bruno Fernandes scored a, a lovely goal, a lovely finish. It continues his great form and start to life at Old Trafford, but you have to say, few questions about the other goalkeeper there, Jordan Pickford, especially in front of Gareth Southgate. But Pickford, uh, to his credit, did redeem himself with a couple of good saves. At one end, De Gea did, similarly did quite well to keep out Calvert-Lewin on a couple of occasions. And then came the major talking point. Late goal for Everton, ruled out by VAR as Gilfie Sigurdsson was in an offside position, laying down, looked like he was sunbathing or on the beach. He was just led there, uh, obviously blocked the vision of De Gea. Uh, a little bit controversial, some would say. And uh, it ended up being 1-1 in the end. But wild scenes, pandemonium right at the final whistle just after that goal was chalked out as Everton boss Carlo Ancelotti came on the pitch, remonstrated with the officials. He was then dramatically shown a red card. The Italian coach was sent off. And yeah, it was chaotic to say the least as Everton and Man United, two good teams in recent weeks, been in really good form. Uh, Drew pretty much a fair result, you'd say. Maybe Everton deserved to shade it. Uh, But here is the reaction from Carlo Ancelotti to getting sent off as Everton drew at home against Manchester United. Well, of course, red card. <laughs> when you receive a red card, it was a disappointment. But after that, uh, I didn't want. Uh, I asked an explanation. Uh, he sent me off. After that, I had a conversation with him. I think I, I want to keep this conversation private. And after that, they are going to take a decision. But anyway, it's not a big problem. <laughs> this. Uh, the decision uh, was difficult, in my opinion. Honestly, from our side, we we say that Gilfie was not uh, didn't affect the vision of the goalkeeper. The other, they did they decided differently. But uh, this, when you have to take a decision, sometimes could be right, sometimes could be wrong. Any complaint of this, we are really satisfied for the performance, and because uh, I think this performance gives us more confidence that. Um, we can compete with these teams. So that was Everton boss Ancelotti there being pretty happy with Everton's side and he has been in recent weeks. They've been on a long unbeaten run uh, under him and of course they are now pushing up the Premier League table battling for the European spots and that's what Man United are doing as well. Nestled just underneath the top four there. Solskjaer's side have drawn a lot of games this season uh, and you have to say over the course of the last few years David De Gea, the goalkeeper, has bailed them out time and time again. But a lot of knee-jerk reactions to this mistake from him. A lot of United fans saying, sell him, get rid of him now uh, and move on. Uh, that seems way too early for me. I mean, he's 
he's been so, so good, so consistent for United. Of course, he had the issues of his contract situation. He finally signed a new deal. But some interesting stats floating around after this game. Uh, since the start of last season, De Gea has made seven errors directly leading to goals. Uh, and no other Premier League goalkeeper has made more errors than that in the time. So for all of his great shot-stopping ability and the rest of it, he has shown some lapses for... Man United and Spain in recent months, which will be a little bit concerning to most Man United fans. But his manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he remains totally confident and supportive of De Gea. And here's what Ole had to say after that draw at Everton. 7-1 this season. Well, I think that's a bit... Uh, he, he went through a difficult patch last season, definitely. But David's been uh, very, very good this season, so I can't really remember any any errors that I'd, uh, I'd go to now, apart from the, the Watford one. Uh, so, no, I trust David 100%. And of course, United need a lot better from De Gea this weekend as they host bitter rivals Man City, massive Manchester derby, which you can watch, of course, across NBC Sports uh, from Sunday morning. Uh, and Everton, they travel to Chelsea in a massive game for them as well in their battle to try and qualify uh, for Europe next season. So two massive games there. And you have to say Everton and Man United are in really good form. Uh, United are much better away from home. They beat Man City earlier this season. So they'll be trying to use similar tactics. Of course, Marcus Rashford is out injured this time. Uh, Martial, Greenwood, uh, Egalo. Who's going to start up front there? But uh, I think whatever team Man United put out, they're in a pretty good position now with Solskjaer. They look a lot better and more solid defensively. Uh, and going into this game, they now have a real chance of qualifying for the Champions League as they sit just three points behind Chelsea in fourth place. United sit in fifth. Everton, they're down the 11th now, but they're only three points off Tottenham in seventh and really looking very good under Ancelotti. So both United and Everton will take a point from that game. A lot of talking points on De Gea, Ancelotti's red card. A lot of passion on show there. And of course, these two teams are rebuilding and trying to get back to their best in the Premier League. Okay, that does it for the third episode of In The Mix Zone with JPW. Thanks for joining me on this journey around the Premier League. Of course, we started uh, in North London when I was at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to see Wolves and Raheem and has put on a clinic to beat Jose Mourinho Spurs in what's been a really difficult time for Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, then we broke down Liverpool's shocking 3-0 defeat away at Watford as their unbeaten run ended. And then we ended with Man United's dramatic draw at Everton. So no shortage of drama across the Premier League. And of course, you can watch all the games. Enjoy where you're watching from this weekend across NBC Sports all weekend long. And I'll speak to you from the Mix Zone very soon indeed. Have a great week. <laughs>